Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate. Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. This week we discuss the welcome but maybe a little unexpected bonus point win over Wasps at the Gate. The 31-19 victory was fresh out of the Garden of Eden and we give our thoughts on what made the difference on the night. We also look forward to next week's game against them lot from down the road with our friend at Bath Bites. There's also our thoughts on the all-conquering under-18s who have been crowned national champions this weekend. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee, Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Lee, back at your place on a Sunday evening. Uh, thank you very much. There's all kinds of hand signals going on <laughs> around here. What's, what's happening? I just when you were doing your intro, Tony, I'm pretty sure I just caught Miles looking at what he's going to watch on Netflix after the <laughs> oh, podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was wondering where this nice aroma was coming from. That's uh, in Lee's flat. I, I can now well, see the plug-in. It, it is. It is my um, my daughter's birthday today, so the place the the, the studio is filled with uh, balloons and. Happy birthday banners and yeah, and an an Airwick plug-in as well, which Miles just deduced. There there we are, there we are. Um, Okay, and uh, Pete, good to see you fella. But I've got to say, uh, game on Friday, looked like you were struggling a bit with them stairs. Yeah, yeah, I was struggling a bit. Not like some some other fans we noticed, though. Struggling as usual, getting the wrong one. Yeah, no, it's been a good week, Tone. Obviously, I, was, I wasn't here live last Sunday. I was in Shropshire, but I got back. But but you I, made the effort to phone in. I made the effort to phone in, didn't I? Unlike some, some yeah. of us who, who come for the glory yeah. of the 100th episode. Well, that's true. Ditched us. But it's funny you should mention that bloke, because uh, on Friday... Oh. Yeah. Um, I got a call from Miles in the morning because he was off uh, with his kids and said, do you fancy going to Ashton Court for, for a little walk around? And I had my two girls. And I thought, yeah, let's go and meet up. And anyway, we got there. Miles opens up the car boot, takes out this big hold all, opens it up. There's about about 25 specialist Frisbees <laughs> Wait, in his fris- bag. Frisbees, not rugby balls. Not, not rugby balls, yeah. Frisbees. Anyway, right. you'd obviously, his idea was he'd have a little game of Frisbee golf at Ashton Court. Got chatting. It was then revealed, boys, that in the late 90s, Miles was 15th in the UK at Frisbee Golf. Oh, was ranked 15th. Hell. So we mock him week in, week out, but we have actually got an elite sportsman. <laughs> Frisbee royalty. Uh, hang on, hang on a minute. How many people actually play frisbee well, golf well, in the UK? About two dozen. I said I said twenty, and that was a, that was a bit of an optimistic guess. I, I, I think you stretched it to about oh, I said it was about seventy in the national league. You but, know. So Miles, I mean, having said that, I was blown away. I, I mean, there was a new respect. But the other thing I noticed that on every frisbee. Um, as you might imagine with Miles, they've been meticulously <laughs> marked with his phone Full number leaf. and his email address. Uh, and do you know what his email address was in the late 90s? Rip Curl Clark. I'm glad to say that that email is no longer in use. Uh, so there's oh. no point fans even trying to contact me. Well, we're seeing a different side oh, yeah. to you, Miles, because, well, you know, <laughs> at, at the gate on Friday, there, there, there's the, us having a cheeky little pint, and you're, you're strolling around with your mates with two pinters. Well, well, yeah. What's happening? Well, absolutely. Normally, this would get my goat about the, uh, <laughs> the quality of the serving staff at Ashton Gate 
But on this occasion, they accidentally poured me a two-pint and I was over the moon. Of course I wasn't going to complain. I mean, as you can well imagine, it was a bit of a struggle getting through a two-pinter. And I did accidentally spill a lot of it over a Wasps fan as I cheered as we scored. It was none too happy. I did apologise, but eventually got through the two-pinter. I got a theory to this, boys. You know, like... Miles has never had a two-pinter with us at all, has he? In all the years we've been watching rugby. I think it's because Miles had a couple of new friends, didn't he, this week? Yeah, you know? brought a couple of mates and, down. And I think Miles thought he was like the pack leader, you know, whereas when he's with us, he's <laughs> like, like the, the runt of the litter. He thought he was the alpha male. <laughs> he did, he did, he did. And I, and I think he thought, if I take that two-pinter up there, these two boys that I'm with, they're going to they're gonna know that I'm the, I'm the top dog here. And I think that's what it was, Mark. Well, there you go, you know. I mean, there was yeah. a, a one of uh, two pints of affair. I didn't sit near you, boys. And, and Bristol won. I and mean, also, you know, anything can happen next time. I was quite pleased that Tony captured the photograph when you were all in it with one hand, because most of the time you had two hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Well, let's, uh, let's crack on. I think it's fair to say none of us saw that result coming no. on Friday night. I think, Pete, you were the only one that was optimistic with the score predictions last week but even so that was yeah. more out of loyalty to the club maybe than your your heart saying that uh, it, it was going to win uh, let, let, let me come to you firstly um, when we saw that team sheet on uh, on Thursday I think that that raised more eyebrows than someone that's had several kind of faces <laughs> yeah it, it certainly was and I, I think you have to align that with the Wasps players being released back by Eddie James from England as well. And I, and I did I did look at the squad and I, I think I texted on our WhatsApp group that I was, I was feeling quite pessimistic, to be honest, boys. But um, yeah, but obviously when we got to the game, after about two minutes in, we, it, the, you know, the whole kind of um, outlook had changed, hadn't it? it it had. I mean, for me as well, seeing Jack Willis was starting. Yeah. I mean, he's been our absolute nemesis, mm. hasn't he? Scores against us, yeah. wins turnover after turnover, and that's what I was expecting on uh, Friday night. But boy, his, his card was marked and uh, mm. pretty much played out of the game. But you said things changed. Um, they didn't in the first well, 10 seconds, did they? Yeah. They kicked off, we knocked on. Well, it's, that's what we do, isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's how I think Pat likes us to blend into the game now. But, yeah, you're right. And also, um, you know, uh, Barbary as well was, was in the Wasp side. Launchbury was back, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, it, it, Wasp pretty much had a full-strength side out, really, didn't they? They and, did. You and know, our nemesis, was... Gopeth and uh, Nazim Carr on the bench. Yeah. I mean, we were sort of bricking it, weren't we, to be yeah. perfectly honest. And then, uh, lo and behold, Pete, we go and score the first try. Cheeky little move. What, Thacker? Mr Cashpoint? Yeah, I mean, not only the first try but it was it was a it was a it was a rolling ball wasn't it it was a sorry driving yeah. ball from a line yeah. out which is something we've been bemoaning um, that we haven't scored as many this season but yeah fair play textbook and of course most of us were thinking why didn't they do that in that one uh, just before half time at Worcester but I think I actually genuinely think this week we can start talking about learnings <laughs> properly because I think overall uh, they, they, this was a case where they clearly did take a lot of learnings from that Worcester game and they acted on those learnings and they kept it simple, kept it basic, didn't try and force things uh, and, and as a result, you know, realistically, walked in a relatively comfortable victory, as you say, against a good side. Lee? The interesting thing for me is I think Heenan 
and Jeffries were two pivotal players for that in us keeping things basic because I think Jeffries playing number eight for the first time I think in his career we were all slightly worried obviously when Luatua dropped out but these guys had kept things solid and, and, and it was literally the basics and we've been bemoaning that for weeks and weeks now we don't do the basics but right apart from that the, the kickoff, we did get straight to basics and we were we, we were creating a platform just a point of order, because I know there'll be some people listening out there. He might have said, "Didn't I sh- I'm pretty sure Heenan played eight. Jeffries oh, came he? on, yeah, no, because we having that conversation at the beginning because they both had the same scrum caps on, and although Jeffries replaced Lua Tua, I'm pretty sure he went he went uh, flanker and Heenan went eight, and uh, and the only reason we could see that from where we sat was because of Heenan's got his tats on his arm, so. I'm pretty That's sure he right. ended up playing eight, which made more sense to me because he's played eight before and Jeffries mm. has played. But I think we all assumed he was playing eight. That's what he was. Yeah, yeah. So just a point, point of order, because I know there'll be a couple I'll of yeah, noises out yeah. there yeah. who'll be yeah. checking that. I've done a miles. <laughs> and I know Mark that sits in front of us. He, he spotted it. It was Mark. Well, well, we it? Chat, yeah. it was Mark I was chatting to and we both, mm. yeah, he, he clarified it for me as, right. yeah. like he does for most things during the game. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so you know we thought that, that that's a good start uh, we seem to be playing with confidence I thought Thacker as well was fizzing the ball in at the line out it was great accurate they weren't they weren't troubling our line out at all uh, and Miles um, you know Tiff Eden got his first start and we were you know wondering we had a couple of nice cameos in recent weeks yeah. which has come on for five or ten minutes but uh he, he was looking the real deal, and uh, uh, I think it was his break, wasn't it, that set up the second try for, for Frisch? Yeah, I mean, um, I, think, I think in my opinion, I think Tiff Eden was close to man of the match for me. I mean, he I mean, he did so much work that you probably couldn't see as number eight. Um, but Tiff, I personally think he was faultless for the whole match. OK, he missed a kick... Um, but to be fair, that kick was on the halfway line. Yeah, and, exactly. And, uh, it, was exactly. A, it was a game management kick, yeah, that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, his rolling lines were great. His passing was sublime. We'll go on to talk about He obviously passed out to Leora for a great try. Um, and what was really encouraging, the, the lengths of his kicks to touch to gain penalty advantage were fantastic. Um, I think we're going to a 50 22 at some point. Did he get one? Is that Perds that did that? Perds, Perds. You're not having a good show, are you? Well, I think that you're right. I think uh, Tiff's passing was was spot on, and that 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 pass out to Fresh, who actually showed his pace and power, didn't he, to get over a fantastic try, unfazed, just put the ball down, didn't really give it a sort of big cheer, but looked cool as a cucumber, didn't he? But that was really good by Fresh. He knew Fresh had that much pace as well. Well, yeah. Well, we haven't seen him much, have we? But, yeah, but we know now. Um, just, can, can I just say quickly about Thacker, though? I thought the interesting thing was he wasn't he wasn't making the amount of breaks that he normally makes, but a lot of those breaks sometimes he gets isolated. Um, and I thought it was quite interesting. His hands and from the line out were absolutely spot on. And I think if we can keep going down that road, mm. that's that's much more manageable for for Thacker. Actually, we'll talk maybe a bit more about the stats later on, but as you brought it up about breaks, uh, how many metres did we make? I don't know. Has anybody looked at well, I think the stats? You sit, sit out then. I have a funny feeling it's probably significantly less than Wasps. Go on then. Uh, how many or yeah, metres total? Metres? 
Uh, well, if it's all right, you're suggesting it's not that much. At best, a couple of hundred for the whole match. Lee? 300. We actually made 181 metres to their 387. Blimey. Uh, and, I thought you'd double bluffed us. Yeah, I don't know. A bit less. I'll tell you what, I was really surprised. Actually, we talk a few, a few of the stats now, now, now I've brought it up. But I thought that was a game we, we controlled for long periods yeah. of it. Yes. And when I looked at it, possession, we had 44%. Territory, 43%. I've already talked about the metres. We made 169 tackles to their 108. We missed 33 tackles to their 11. Uh, uh, conceded two less penalties, 11 to 13, mm. and there was 12 turnovers each. So you, if, if you didn't know the scoreline and you just looked at those yeah, stats, yeah. you would have said, oh, I reckon Wasp would have probably yeah. won that game. Well, I think the interesting thing about that is that it just goes to show that those stats are good up to a point, but it doesn't tell you where the turnovers are. It doesn't mm. tell you that if we've missed two tackles, does a third one get made and they turn over the ball? And there was definitely some instances where we were just choosing the moment to get into the ruck. I think yeah. that's what was so good this week. And those turnovers were crucial turnovers. And I, I definitely remember one where one of their guys made a break and uh, you know, and probably we did miss about f- missing four times, but then we got the ball back. So it basically negated yeah, those four yeah. missed tackles because nothing came of it. So it's an in- it was really interesting because that's why I said I'd see it because I'd had a look at the stats and I couldn't believe it when I first looked at it as well. I tell you what, the one stat that was in our favour was twelve lineouts won, wasn't it? To naught lost, and I think we stole one as well. And that mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I think I think score. some of the, there were key turnovers in those twelve that really made a difference compared to theirs and it was the line out being absolutely rock solid this week that, that also gives you that platform that go forward so, basics yeah. again basics yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Lee uh, we, we weren't quite to the half hour mark and uh, we, we scored the third try Adi Loken. yeah but again it was it was down to Facker wasn't it I mean it was Beautiful hands again. I mean, and he's so good. It was jazz hands, wasn't it? it Let's it, wave those jazz hands. It was quick hands. It was very, very, very quick. And and obviously onto onto Leua again. I mean, I thought he was fantastic. He does everything mm. everything that we want him to, to do. He does on the tin, um, and then released Ali Loken. And we'll probably collectively talk about Ali Loken later, won't we? But I thought he was immense as well. I thought, I thought he played really well personally. And it was good to see him, you know, get a start and, and get a try. Yeah, took it really well. Took it well. And, yeah. you know, we will talk about him, but it wasn't just his attack. It was his defence as well that uh, that uh, really, really impressed. We should mention a steamroller as well. He, he actually steamrolled one of the Wasp players, didn't he, in, uh, in, uh, in the first half. And I don't think we would have ever foreseen that before. <laughs> I have a feeling, he, I'm pretty sure under the high ball, he caught a couple of solid... I'm not sure you'd call him a steamroller, though, Adi Aloka, would you? Be? Oh, he ran, he he, ran through he, a car, really he did, yeah. but he didn't look like a steamroller. He's not no. like Brian Byrne, the human... No, 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 that's why it was so yeah, surprising yeah. to me. <laughs> kind of, he's more like... Uh, Adi Aloka's more like a Dyson kind of hoover, I think. You know, it's, it's stylish, yeah. Well, I think he has, I've seen right. one in Miles' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, uh, when do we see Tom Barndell do that, though? <laughs> uh, and we were in control. I think we were wide mouth, gaping jaws uh, at this point. All looked good, and then they scored just before half time. And how many times have we seen the Bears in the last year look like they're taking a commanding lead into half time, only to concede? Um, mm. 
yeah. and I think that was uh, well, that was a that that was a driving more, wasn't it? I think Lahif had just uh, yeah. pulled yeah, up with was, his calf yeah. injury, mm. which, which is a worried. We pushed we the back defended a fair it quite bit well, as well. Yeah. yeah, and then it just it was right in front of us. Then it, it just split, split didn't it? Splintered. Yeah. And then, of course, there was a little bit of fisticuffs involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen a, a full kind of 30-man <laughs> handbags for, for a long time at the gate. <laughs> Could I just say, I was, I was up with, I was out of my seat saying, fight, fight, fight. And did you see the Chris Bowie thing after? So, oh, was, oh, right, so all that is happening. Oh, right. he's doing his hair, isn't he? Yeah, he was, he was literally sat down tying his hair back <laughs> up in a barn, literally oblivious to all the fighting that was going on. I thought, uh, that sums up Chris Bowie yeah. completely, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, it? and then the unusual thing that I don't think, I, I can't remember seeing it before, is that penalty that was given... The try was allowed, but then there was a penalty to us on the kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, for the to afters. restart the game for the afters. Yeah. And then I think you you mentioned it earlier. Tiff, uh, a good game management situation. Take a pop up goal. Um, clock run down. Yeah. Uh, we get three points, or you know. Yeah. And, no, I think and, it was perfect. And his only miss. But let's be fair. Anybody trying to to hit it from the halfway mm. line, there's always going to be. Uh, there's only one not player on our team that could do that. It's Bedlow, wouldn't it, really? Bedlow's got a big one, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, so half-time, we go in 21-7. And, uh, I mean, you know, apart from that little bit of nervousness where we let someone back in with a score at the end, things were looking comfortable, weren't they? And, I mean, all Strang, Frisch, Eden, Adi Alokan, all these players that have come in that maybe we're a bit worried about, all in that first half... I don't think any of them put a foot wrong. They all stepped I can up. They all stepped up. Yeah. Hugely. And I think we should, I mean, we'll come on to performances, but I think we also shouldn't forget that one of the reasons for that was how clean the pack played yeah. in terms of mm-hmm. their discipline, their defence, and their, their turnover abilities at key moments. And of course, it just goes to prove what we always say is that it's a team game and a team that wins has a platform it's very hard to win when you're on the back foot all the time, isn't it? Yeah, so. absolutely. And Jack Willis, any time he got to a break yeah. breakdown, he was taken out. Clearly, they weren't going to let that no. happen again. Uh, he, he barely had an impact on the game. And I think at least once he got jackaled. Yep. Um, he did, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think the only other memorable f- uh, moment for me in that first half was the uber wedgie, the wedgie. that uh, <laughs> Joycey gave uh, to one of their players. It was it was a wedgie. For, it was an old oh. school wedgie that. And, <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, he even asked permission for it as well because he was yeah. looking at the lino. Yeah. So is this all right? And the lino's like, yeah. So he just wedged that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a bit disappointed that he didn't just rip the pants out like that and hold them up to the crowd so we can cheer. <laughs> but it was one of the moments of the season, I'd say. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, and then, uh, then uh, Lee came out of the blocks nice and quick. Uh, I think only two or three minutes on the clock, and Leoa scored. Yeah, again, great forward play again, wasn't it? Um, and on Wasp's try line, and then um, you know eventually it got worked out to Leoa and the guy who's got no no pace that we were saying weeks and weeks ago. He went over the line again, and. I, I think he's like Leo for us. He's one of those players. He's the he's the cement, isn't he, in the team? Yeah. He's just one of those players that defensively he does his job. He does a shift, and attacking wise, 
he, he's in the right place at the right time. And I, I was really pleased for him because that's what a couple of tries now he's got in, mm-hmm. in should, a couple of weeks. We should say that it was also because I know your memory's not so good at the moment, Lee, but it was also a great <laughs> pass from Tiff that made it really and it was yeah. a little kind of dummy and then pass and it was a big long spin pass mm. off his right hand yeah which again was uh, again but when you get front foot ball like that you can do that um, but yeah no I think you're right and I think I don't, I don't know if Leo has lost a little bit of weight I don't know whether he's just he's just uh, maybe because he's maybe because his mate Nathan's not here anymore <laughs> going out <laughs> to the kebab kebabs. shops <laughs> bringing back bags of Donners he, like he used to he does look more streamlined yeah no, brilliant like a new signing as we've said yeah and of course I know many of our listeners will remember that fateful boxing day where we we had wasps beaten only to to lose right at the end and mm. uh, uh, I just was a little bit worried when we conceded that try uh, my it's the uh, pulling the ball strang pulling the ball oh. <laughs> are we giving Miles this question because our strange career over with him no, 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 listen I thought he had a I, he had a solid performance did Theo Strang okay there was a little misdemeanour and maybe didn't quite understand the rules that the fact that there's no offside over the dead ball line and I don't try think, line a try line sorry and I don't think really really fans we really knew what happened did we I mean, we'd managed to turn over the ball really yeah. well. We were under the pump. Well, Semi made probably oh, the finest tackle that I've seen him make. I mean, that was, you know, caught the guy, didn't he? Fingernails on the yeah. jersey yeah. just about, but managed to haul him down. Exactly. We'd, so we turned over the ball on the try line, and we're thinking, like, it's difficult. We're going to have to sort of, within the sort of uh, try area, somehow clear it. And then... Suddenly there's a score, and they were like, I think we'd realised what, what what happened there. How? And yeah, unfortunate. Obviously, the protection on the the caterpillar ruck didn't quite work, and um, Porter leaped over, didn't he, and just cheekily well, touched down. The caterpillar wouldn't have worked full no, stop. Exactly. As, no. as soon as she pulled the ball, but as soon as she pulled the ball back over the, the try line, yeah, it's, yeah, there's it's no one size. So yeah. and fair play to the wasps. Scrum half though, he yeah, was on the ball. That. Was literally on the ball. Yeah, and I, I, I think um, I, I didn't see it at, at the game, but watching it back on the telly, Tiff immediately started giving him a lesson on uh, yeah. what he'd done. on the rules. Did he? But I, I, I think that potentially knocked Strang's confidence a mm. bit then, because there, there was one or two kicks that went astray. Uh, and I don't think it was long after that he put one straight out and I think he was oiked yeah. off pretty quickly then wasn't yeah, he yeah, with, our, uh, with our new 17th choice scrum half uh, young I mean, Lloyd coming on I think I mean we all we, we have to say though Strang I mean a couple of weeks ago would never have imagined he'd be on the field for us so you know he, he's done well hasn't he and like Miles has said he, he, he did play a solid game up, up to that mistake and, and I think it was just that confidence just you know, yeah, seeped like, out of him, didn't it? It balances point. out because he start that that Adiloken try. He started. We were talking about Thacker's fast hands, but Strang started that move. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. made that decision to go blind really quick under pressure. Yeah. So you know that kind of balances out his big mistakes. So. Yeah. you got to support the boy. He did. I would, you know, I would have kept him on for the full eighty minutes personally. Um, I mean, Lloyd came on and in his <laughs> unusual position of scrum half and. Didn't you know? He didn't make too many mistakes, but it wasn't really a, 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 a scrum half performance. That's was the thing. It? What is Lloyd's position though? We don't. We don't know yet, <laughs> oh, do we? Exactly. So, yeah, good on Strang. And then again, we look to be managing the game. Watson scores that try, didn't he? Uh, on 73 minutes, takes the score to 28, 28, 19. 
seven minutes to go. We're thinking, Pete, are we going to manage this one out? And uh, and we did. We did. And yeah. we did it well. I mean, Tiff got that late penalty, didn't he? I think 77 yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, and we just ran the clock down very professionally at the end. It was yeah, it was it was a it was a lovely way to finish. It was stress free most of the game. Even as you say, even when they scored uh, a couple of tries, they were always gonna. We know Wasps score tries, so it was always gonna happen. But I, I was, it was as good an outcome that even the most ridiculously optimistic person would have said. Um, so yeah, I mean, I left that game. Feeling like they're looking, really looking forward to the rest of the weekend. It, it was relaxing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, 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 as, what, as much as watching rugby can be, we didn't ever feel we were going to be, you know, under the pump at any point or lose the game, did we? I don't know. I wasn't 100% convinced when it was uh, 28-19. I just thought if they scored again, it could, could all get a bit uh, tight. But I've got to say, it was a hugely professional performance. The players that came in that haven't had much game time, I think, really excelled. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, and I think, Pete, you're right. I, I really do like Friday night games, but if you lose, it kind of <laughs> puts a cloud over yeah. your week, whole weekend. But if you win, you cock a hoop, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. 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 Kids, you want to lift somewhere? No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sweets? No problem. Yeah. Other half, you need you need the dishwasher emptying, no problem. <laughs> oh, sort of household dirty, something. standard, all right. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's let's look at um, some of the performances, um, Lee. If I come to you, if you want to uh, talk about the forwards, um, and Pete, maybe you can cover the backs this week, and then Miles, maybe. Uh, about the, the subs that come on the spare bears so um, yeah. over to you Lee I mean the, as Pete had already said the forwards were, were brilliant I think to a man again really created the platform um, you know great defence all round for me Mr Facker was uh, was fantastic and, and not not through the breaking runs that we we're usually accustomed to from him but just the line outs were all on point Mm-hmm. Um, the handling all on point just the basic stuff so I want to pick out Mr Fecker um, and I will say Jay Keenan and Sam Jeffries I thought they were again for the same just to be completely creating a base um, the line out worked so well Joycey and Vui just caught everything didn't they Yeah. Um, and i got to mention Big Dave as well because defensively up against Launchbury and um, I can't remember the other the lock is Stuke Elliot yeah Stuke. Elliot Stuke. Um I thought Atwood put in a massive shift defensively um, and the biggest thing for us is is uh, is Woolley Jake Walmore our big friend of the podcast uh, on his 100th appearance yeah and um, you know well well earned well deserved and and he, he had a game that I thought he was kind of you know almost back to what we'd expect previously from uh, from Jake. Yeah, I think I think the the only disappointment for me uh, wasn't a performance was the injury Lahif he he'd been yeah. looking really yeah. good in the last couple of games. Uh, the scrum had been solid when he was on there. It was a calf. I don't know when you if you saw the Blackbird song in the the dressing room he had his 
foot in a, a, a protective boot. Yeah. So I don't I mean, think you, you had to work good. hard to spot that because right just before that was Vui and his speedos, wasn't it? So it was quite hard to keep not keep your eyes on them. What was that? Oh, well, well, sorry. Why is that? Oh, so bright red. Yeah. 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 Where were your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. See how things seep out into the out of the woodwork. I, I was taking an editorial stance to look for injuries, and you were just ogling some swimwear. And I was actually looking at what Vui was doing on his drink because he did that little, didn't he? That weird thing. Yeah. So I mean, we've got McArmstrong back from. Uh, Edinburgh <laughs> and uh, you know I think it's fair to say that we you know he has struggled maybe a little bit this yeah. season but whether some time in Edinburgh and a few more games has given him a bit more confidence but uh, certainly how many games did he play though up in Edinburgh I'm not sure I'm not sure but you know a forward doesn't sound like he's going to be back for, no. for the weekend so uh, it could be Ash the Smash and uh, Armstrong as our tight heads, which is a little bit worrying, I think. But anyway, we'll talk about the Bath game a little bit later. Pete, um, the backs, who stood out for you? Well, we kind of mentioned it, but really, but I think we should, you know, we should doff our caps to Tiff Eden. Um, I don't think anyone saw him starting. I think they all assumed Sheedy would start with him on the bench when we knew Sheedy is back from Wales. But... You know, we, we knew that he'd, he'd come on against um, uh, against London Irish and about that little cameo, looked confident. And, and he was, I mean, he was almost faultless, Tiff. I mean, I can't think of anything negative to say about him. I, I assume, no. you know, maybe there's the odd miss tackler. I don't know. He, 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 I think he is a, he's a good tackler. But he just confidence. He just had that swagger. And, mm. um, and uh, you know, I, I think he... he, he, he he didn't take risks. He just he just played the basics, and his little show and go, and and then the offload to Antoine Frisch for the first try was was top draw. That's mm. top draw. The kind of thing we've been saying we want what is Sheedy to do a little bit more. Just take that one little step. You know, it wasn't a break. It was a half break, but it gave him the chance to to mm. offload. So I was really pleased. Yeah. And how much do you think we can read into the fact that Pat gave him the full uh, eighty with Sheedy on the bench? Mm. And I know we'll talk about the bath game and selection mm. so don't maybe go into that but were you a little bit surprised that Sheedy didn't yeah. come on at all I, well yes actually to be honest I think we all thought maybe uh, maybe after 60 minutes or so we bring Sheedy on maybe just to kind of step you know maybe I don't know but but I think fair play to Pat he saw someone was uh, was on a roll and kept him on and yeah brilliant for him mm. and, and actually you could say is as perhaps created a little bit of a a dilemma in terms of contracts and, and next year, uh, but but obviously he's got to do it over a, several games. Um, so yeah, but I also think that, that on top of that, I think um, I think we should mention Frisch as well, mm. um, and and again just looks keen, lively, and I wonder whether you know I thought Semi played better this week in terms of didn't you know he was doing the right things he didn't feel like he was having to sort of do everything and I think he probably quite enjoyed having Frisch inside him um, gave him a little bit more a uh, little bit more um, freedom so yeah. um, so I think consequently I thought Semi played well you, you mentioned that uh, that great tackle he did um, and then yeah what can we say I mean Adi Loken again did nothing wrong you know right. we, and took his try well and was you know did, did nothing wrong and um, we've talked about Leoa, so we won't say that. And then Purdy, you know, yeah. again, looked pretty comfortable and he did that one fifty twenty two in the first half that I commented was uh, was like a kind of one iron off the tee, the one that it starts low and then it just rises yeah. slowly for dropping a couple of y- yards from the tee, from the hole. 
I should say. Obviously, not for me. I've seen other people do that. Um, so yeah. yours is from the tea. Isn't yeah, it? that's right. Yeah. But I, I would say that that again, it goes it goes to show that when you have a pack that are delivering the goods for you, um, and then you don't risk things and you play everything on its merit, then you look good. So yeah. fair play to those ones, and I I, I think the confidence those lads will get because we may well be seeing them again is is uh, is really really precious that was the biggest learnings wasn't it it was just the basics yeah i don't think there was one ridiculous kind of sort of chicken wing, chicken pass wing or in, or on nice. risky offload i think the only risky offload was joe joyce wasn't it in the first half i think he tried to do one sort of harlem globetrotter and then he sort of had a word of himself and, <laughs> uh, and never did that again so if they can take that forward to bath simple but with pace and flair, then yeah. I mean, it wasn't as if it wasn't an exciting game, was it? We saw some no. great tries, so it doesn't have to be Harlem Globetrotters all the time. No, absolutely, absolutely. And just to echo, you know, I think uh, I think we really struggled, haven't we? And we've talked about this on the pod a twelve, and Frisch looks like a, a twelve. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I hope he gets that opportunity because yeah. I, I think he the tackle count was quite a lot. I think it was 12, 13 yeah, tackles yeah, yeah. he made. Solid, yeah. Um, and you know is that going to take some of the pressure off Ran Ranja um, so we shall see Miles Spare Bears um, yeah obviously some came on sooner than others I mean you know, we didn't expect to see Armstrong did we back down this side of the uh, Hadrian's Wall so soon but um, we're clutching at straws for players in the squad aren't we and you know he was alright when he came on um so that was unfortunately early at 39 minutes to cover the heath. Uh, everyone else came on in the second half pretty much about the same time, didn't they? About 66 minutes or so. Um, I thought Dan Thomas came on, had a great game, and we were a bit worried whether he had another start, didn't we? Because he's such a good jackaler. But the pack was solid until then, and he was a great replacement. Luatua came on and made some nice breaks. He solidified the, what the forwards were already doing. Brian Byrne... It was great. I think I think he had a couple of line outs and again carried on from Thacker. Didn't miss any. A line out was just pumping all evening. Uh, Big Jan Thomas. Well, I don't think he ever puts a foot wrong, really, does he? Came on for Jakey's uh, and um, Lloydy. Yeah. Well, we've got no choice. Obviously, I think Pat, for some reason or another, after Strang's little misdemeanour, maybe thought get Lloyd on for a bit of a change, but. I didn't think he felt he brought anything better than Theo Strang had, but he, he's out of position, so I fair play to the young lad. He did he did his job. I just and, think that's putting yeah. a lot of pressure from Pat Lamb. Yeah. He's putting a lot of pressure on Lloyd at the moment. He's asking him to play, you know, full-back, wing, you know, scrum half, you know, 10. And you're thinking, come on, it's, it's, it's too much pressure for a young kid. We've got to remember, this is a young guy who's a massive talent. But you can't keep expecting him just throw him in different positions and, and be able to play his natural Not game. really, because you're right, in the week's training, I mean, at the moment, looking at our number nine issues, he's probably training him as number nine, isn't he? Oh, he will be. This, um, yeah. this is it. This is our only option at the moment. And that's tough for the young lad. You're right. He's got some amazing breaks, hasn't he? He's made in the past, the way he's been in centre, wing, full-back. Um... And really tough on the young lad, but considering that he he did a you know he did, did a pretty good job. And the thing he's willing, I think Pat knows that. I heard. I don't know if this is true mm. that the club chef was off this week, <laughs> so, so he phoned him up. <laughs> <laughs> Lloydie went into Aldi on North Street. Got a, 
he, he did a pasta bake. He got evidently the pasta was too full. It, it could well have been a tuna. Or a good pro. He was in there. He said, "Pat, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll cook." I think it is. I mean, it, I no doubt that Lloyd could do that as well. Yeah. But I just, I mean, in all seriousness, I just, I just, I hope that Lloyd doesn't feel at some point he has to move on to get to solidify a position yeah. somewhere else in, the, in another squad but at the very least he could go for a secondment in the merchandise department <laughs> and try and sort that out as well oh, well evidently the week before he was seen taking a flymo out of his boot <laughs> when the groundsman was off yeah. so you know whatever Pat needs him to do he, he does it and he sounds like someone at Miles Clark would employ <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah 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 okay well let's move on uh, it was round 18 some of the other scores Sale 27 Irish 27 that's the fourth draw this season boom 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 uh, Worcester 21 Quinns 29 uh, Leicester 35 Gloucester 23 Leicester now looking good to finish top I know we've got some doubt whether they it's might win really it. top though is it that it, we found out oh, yeah um, Newcastle 25 then from down the road 30 so they got their first bonus point away well first bonus point win of the season regardless of home or away uh, and today, Exeter just sneaked it. Uh, Northampton thirty-one, Exeter thirty-four. Okay, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondthegate. Uh, you can give a message to Yoan Lloyd and he'll probably nip it round. And uh, you can also like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page on Facebook. Right, next game is the big uh, A4 derby. It's Saturday the 5th of March. Bath versus Bristol. It's a 3pm kickoff, not on BT Sport, but on the new PRTV. Uh, so it will be a uh, one you can pay to watch. I think it's four ninety nine. But before we talk about it, uh, let's talk. Um, uh, get the latest Pete's Premiership preview. Uh, and this week he spoke to Matt Price, who tweets as Bath bites. Let's listen to that now. So thanks for speaking us to us again, Matt, on a on a Sunday morning as well. Um, I'm actually surprised you're up. Uh, you must have been uh, toasting that Bath victory at Newcastle into the early hours last night. Um, I, I watched the England game afterwards, so that brought me down a little bit. So, you know, it's, it, it was, it was the, the one that sort of tamed you a little bit after watching and a, a win, which was nice. So, well, you know, t- the England won as well, but that was just frustrating. But we won, so we'll, we'll take it. Well, fair comment. And, uh, I mean, I, I do, I want some... I think you told me once that that famously you got invited up to Farley House to see Gary Gold back in the day after some stuff that you tweeted um, because he wanted to to kind of discuss it with you. Um, I mean, has Stuart Hooper been on the blower this week then? Because he's obviously tried loads of things this season to get a bonus point win, but 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 so this is the first one. So have you been speaking to Stuart? Um, no, because he probably wouldn't want to hear half of my feedback. To be totally honest with you. Um, he, he likes to build himself behind a wall and but you know we, we won uh, whatever happened we, we don't know obviously you know we had the wonderful Danny Cipriani starting for Bath um, which we very rarely see and he actually played well um, which was you know was when when the start of the season it was all you know Cipriani's coming in you know blah blah and he's been out with injury and Covid and concussions and stuff and we've 
discovered that Orlando Bailey is a bloody good player, um, which we all wanted to see anyway. Um, so that kind of has worked out quite nicely. Uh, Cipri Hani hasn't really done, when he has played, he hasn't been great. But yesterday, he, he actually had a really good game and, and you know, pulled off some, he wasn't too thrills and spills and stuff like that. It was just a good, solid performance. And it was actually nice to see and not finish the game thinking, why the bloody hell have we got him in the squad? But yeah, he, he was good. It was, you know, we'll take it. It was, you know, Bailey's been just incredible this season for, you know, in, in such a season where we've been playing so poorly, you've got players like Bailey, Jamie and stuff like that, that are coming through um, and we've got to see them. And yeah, it helps. It's, you know, it's, it's nice. But yes, we we won. We we actually won a bloody game, which is good. Yeah. I mean, you had a couple of people back from injury, didn't you? You had Miles Reed back, I think, and Big Joe on the wing. That, that right? had, um, we had, well, yeah, Miles Reed coming back and straight back as captain. Um, that guy is just Bath through and through. Um, you know, born and raised in the city, um, coming through the ranks. You can tell the passion that he has for the club. He's just, he's, he's a good old fashioned sort of back rower. You know, he gets in the mix, he carries well. Um, and, and he led from the front. And, and that was something that we needed. You know, last week we had um, uh, three number eights as a back row. Um, whereas this week we actually had back row players um, you know, as well as, you know, so that made, it shows that it makes a difference. Playing players out of position because you have to does hamper, you know, the, the squad. But we, we actually had proper, you know, second row still a bit dubious, but we had back rowers and Miles Reed just superb. And Big Joe, nice to see him. It's been nearly six months um, since he, he came, he injured himself in the preseason game. Um, so it's been a long wait for him to come back. They didn't start him. They they you know had him on the bench because obviously you know getting back in gently, and he came back with a, with a brace of tries. Um, not the most difficult ones for a winger to score, but you know took both the tries and and did what was needed, which was good. What about our gift to you, Nathan Hughes? Did he have a good game? Uh, right, Nathan. Let's let's talk about Mr. Hughes. Um, he has given forward to the, you know play to the team. You know he you can tell that the guy is playing for a contract. Um, he he wants to show everybody that he's still got it and that he's not just there to take the coin. Um, I, I'm still umming and iron over the signing. Um, he's doing what a number eight should do. Um, and you know that's good. It's brilliant. He he's in the mix all the time. He's carrying. He's hitting tackles. Yesterday, unfortunately, he hit a tackle which was a bit high. Um, and with the Falcons fans, I can imagine that they would be a little bit upset because with Callum Chick getting his red card last week for a very similar hits that Nathan did yesterday. Um, Nathan's got dropped down to a yellow um, for mitigation of a dipping player. But I know that the Falcons fans won't be happy because they'll be calling double standards and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. Obviously, Dean Richards won't say anything because that would be really foolish if he criticised the um, the officials. But he, yep, he got yellow carded. We conceded a try in that time. Um, but 
rode it a little bit. And then right at the very end, the man who did the turnover to win the penalty to win the game was one Mr. Nathan Hughes. So he he got in there. I mean, because basically we had 30 seconds on the clock. We had possession of the ball. We were winning. Things were looking rosy and chipper. And we gave away a penalty and gave possession to Falcons, which was like, what, why, what, what are you doing? Um, and they, they were pushing really hard. You could tell that they did not want to lose. Um, and they got right into our 22 and really forcing it. And somehow Nathan Hughes, I think he was described as like a limpet over the ball, I think was um, the, the commentary. Sounds a bit illegal. Um, well, yeah, I think there's something a little bit wrong there, but he, he basically won the turnover and won the penalty and boom, ball, Rose Ed, thank you very much. And the the look of elation on his face meant they actually did mean something as well. I think that's the first that was the first thing that I took from it that he's doing what he's been asked to do, which is help hmm. dig them out of the crap basically. And he's doing his job. Um, there's lots of fans calling for him to get a full contract and you know sign him up. He's you know the the, the second coming, you know all this sort of stuff. But I have reservations um, on that one. After you know, you know he was incredible for you guys, and then all of a sudden, I don't know whether he's got comfortable or I don't know. It, things aren't been happening with you guys. I, I I know that he's been benched and not even in the squad. Something's obviously kicked off between him and Lamb. I don't really know what, but at the moment, if he's doing it for us, then happy days. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, fair play. And I think, you know, putting rivalries aside, I think a lot of Bristol fans are quite pleased for him, you know, to see him doing what he, what he does best. But uh, unfortunately, he won't be playing next Saturday, will he? So nope. um, taking into account all the all the positives that you've highlighted um, and, and so on, and the fact you're going to be playing at home, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts about the game next week then? What do you predict will happen? It's going to be a ding-dong. Um, the, the wreck will be full. The wreck will be noisy. Um, I mean, I was over at Ashton Gate um, for the, the game that we should have won earlier in the season. Um, the noise was insane inside of Ashton Gate, which shows what still, even though both teams are languishing at the bottom of the table, um, what those games mean. It's not just about the league. It's about beating, you know, beating the local rivals. And there is still that rivalry between Bristol and Bath, regardless of league positions. There's always that lift. The fans will get behind them um, the other week against Leicester the noise inside the wreck was just insane right up until the end even though you know we, we lost the game the noise from the fans just you know it gets behind the players mm. um, that will be a massive feature for next week um, concerns our line out um, is an ace um, our rolling mall well our mall because it basically goes up we win the ball and then we don't move Um so seeing some of the tries that you guys got uh, against Wasps, you, you know, Thacker's try, which is a nice, you know, rolling maul and splintered and over he goes. We might struggle with the defence on that. Um, we, the amount of times that we've kicked a corner um, this season and come away with absolutely nothing is insane. Um, I don't think there's ever been a team that's been so poor at the execution. Um, which is nice that our line-out coach will remain next season as well. And um, Mr. Charteris has, has got himself a gig for a second season, well, for another season. Um, so 
there's, that's a concern. Um, that comes down to the fact we don't have second row players. But um, I would imagine uh, we might actually see Mr. Falatai for a third game next week because obviously there's no Six Nations. So he will probably return um, after playing 80 minutes for uh, Wales yesterday and having a, a really good game. Um, we've only seen him twice this season. Um, funnily enough, the two games leading up to his call up. So he's been injured and he always seems just to get fit at the right time. Um, but we might see him because obviously Hughes can't play. Um, so that will be quite, you know, the, the, the pack is our concern. But if the backs get the ball, then, you know, there's a lot of talent in the backs, a heck of a lot of talent in the backs. You know? So it's it's going to be a bit of a, a, a ding dong of a game. What's your, what's your prediction for the result Saturday? It's a really difficult one to call. Um, both teams have got massive gaping holes. Both teams can play some decent rugby. Um, Come on. Uh, I think Say it. And this, is, this is going to be a big one. We might nip it by about two. Excellent. I think, I think it's going to be really close. Well, that's a fair comment. And uh, I hope you, in- I won't be there, unfortunately, but we're watching it on PR TV. But I hope you enjoy your day and uh, and uh, you sing along to the Blackbird at the end. <laughs> All right, <Definitely>. cheers. <laughs> well, there we are. He's uh, interesting. Uh, he was singing the praises of Mr. Cipriani after mm. this weekend, having, uh, I think it's fair to say from that interview, not been... Uh, very impressed with him so far in a in a bath shirt. No, yeah, it's uh, he was giving him some credit where credit was due, um, and he also picked up Miles Reed, didn't he? Who would come mm. back from injury and apparently sounded like he had an all court kind of hero game. Um, so yeah, on the back of that, he's he's gone with a a narrow win prediction, which is uh, just shows that the Peckers are up a little bit down the wreck, but hopefully uh, we'll quash them. Well, let's hope so, because they have slowly started to seem yeah. to be turning a corner, Bath. Mm. I mean, they were unlucky against Leicester, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, getting a few players back. And, of course, uh, Faletau will probably be back, oh, won't he, for, yeah. with yeah. no Wales. This, this is the same Toby <coughs> Faletau that Bath fans have been slating for ages, though. We have to remember that. I mean, he plays, you know, in a Welsh shirt, he's a different player, let's put it that way. So it would be interesting to see how he how he goes. Well, let's let's talk about the team. Let me come to to you first, Miles. Uh, in that pack, we know Lahif's going to be out. Yeah. But uh, any other changes you think in the pack? There were a few. Joycey looked like he had a bit of a shoulder problem at the end of the game. Vui was uh, certainly not full steam towards the end, but he is he is pretty um, durable. Very he, he does, say, like he, that, he does, he does seem to. You know, you look like he's out on his deathbed at the end of a game and then he's fresh as a spring chicken the next week. So uh, what do you think as far as the pack's concerned for next week? Um, you're right. I mean, I think obviously uh, it, it sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Through injury now that we're going to have probably Jake Warmore, probably Thacker to start. And um, uh, well, what other choice have we got apart from Armstrong? Well, Yang can play the other side, can he? Yeah, can potentially, but... I mean, Jan off the bench is a good, good little arrow to have in your quiver, isn't he? So uh, maybe we'll stick with that option. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Joycey and Atwood, they seem pretty uh, to play very well together. Uh, and at the wreck, I think they'll they'll start a four and five. Um, back row, I don't know. I mean, very. You're right. I mean, he maybe took a bit of a knock, but he seems pretty invincible. Luatira, I don't know. Is he ready for a start yet? And we obviously took a decision, or him or Pat, not to do that on Friday night. Um, and Heenan and Jeffries did a fantastic job. So with Luatira on the bench, I can't really see too much of a change up front. I, th- I think it's interesting as well because one thing that we 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 saw uh, at the gate on Friday was Fitzharding with his hand in a cast. Yeah. Now it's been said that's a precautionary thing, but uh, I remember Vui. What was it? A couple of seasons ago, or was it last season? Was had a yeah, precautionary hand in a cast. He was out for ages. Was out for about eight weeks. Yeah. So let's hope it is just precautionary. But to be honest. If they put it in that cast, there's obviously a problem. He ain't going to be able to train, is he? So no, no. I think now he might be out for a bit longer than uh, than maybe but we do expect. Do you think Heenan maybe or Luatua steps yeah. in then at eight? Yeah. Well, Luatua was going to play eight, wasn't he? Was, so yeah. providing the calf is all right, um, I, I would say potentially he he will be back in there. Um, I think Dan Thomas clearly had a breather this week. Yeah. Um, I, I think he he might come in. Um, but you know Heenan and Jeffries both played well so yeah. you know if, if, if they both play then we've, I don't see that I mean, we've got a, I mean they're, they they as Matt said on the thing I mean their pack has been the problem and they're particularly their second rows and McNally's out for the season as well isn't he and they're a few away I mean I think we've got to hit them hard up front and what we don't want is them getting the ball out to their you know their their dynamic backline, the Joma yeah. and De Glanville and so we've got we've got. I think this is a case of a bit of a horses for courses. We've got to starve yeah. them of possession. Mm. We've got to dominate up front, which makes me think that the unit tree of Jeffries and Heenan and Luatua may start. Although I do like the idea of Dan Thomas playing as well, because of course that would starve them of possession mm. if he can get his hands on the ball. And I think we've got to make sure that we we almost make the game a bit dirty and uh, and, and then just take, pick our chances when they come which uh, we're interested in so yeah I, I'd be, I'm... and do you think on that basis the, the extra uh, metres we get off the boot with Tiff Eden could be a reason to play him to try and keep them you know if we get penalties get them down into their uh, Five ten meters. Yeah. Keep those backs going back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think so. The only caveat is that it's at the wreck, and it will be a full house, and it's a and it's a close play. You know, and you just got it's a, the fans are close to the pitch, and they could get behind the team, and and I just wonder whether Pat just might think, is it worth throwing Tiff into that if he, you know, if it goes wrong and he. I don't know. Whereas Sheedy is an international and has been there and has done it. He's one at the rank. He's one at the rank. Yeah. And I just wonder whether he might go a bit. I mean, ironically, we're saying might go a bit conservative and put our Welsh international <laughs> in at number ten, hmm. just because, just to negate that kind of possible atmosphere issue. Yeah, and as far as the other backs are concerned, Lee, what what uh, you know, they they all really had a good game. Nobody got injured, but um, we have got Mr. Newell Argo back from suspension. Yeah, and you can't yeah. see him warming the bench, really. Can no, you? I mean you'd you'd think that um, as as good as Addy Locum was um, um, on Friday night against Wasp, you'd you'd think that Siva would 
would step straight back into that. And I'd, I would keep Leua in that team just because of everything that we've just discussed earlier. So, I mean, defensively and attacking-wise, Leua's he's got to, got to stay on that team. And the rest pretty much picks itself. Purdy's got to be fallback because, <laughs> you know, we haven't got a lot of other options. Um, I wouldn't class Lloyd. I wouldn't put Lloyd in if it will fall back. Well, to be honest, because we've got no scrum halves, unless somebody comes in, you've probably got to keep him on the bench. And I don't think we maybe really realised this on Thursday last week when the team was picked. You know, why Sheedy not playing? Why, you know, uh, Lloyd not playing? Mm. But you've got to protect him almost in case we need to bring him on as a scrum half. Yeah, exactly. And I think the rest, I think Frisch, Semi in the centres, I think that they pit themselves. Strang, I think we all agree he's got to play because he's got no other options. <laughs> but I want, I, I just hope he doesn't have too much of a hard week this week in training. And, that, you know, they kind of build him up a little bit ready for the Bath game because I think that's what he needs, really. He's a good player, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. OK. Well, uh, let's make our predictions then. Um, let me see. Uh, and, of course, Pete, you won last week you were the only one that predicted a win Mark yeah. with his ridiculous 60-60 draw <laughs> and uh, the two of us Lee we were Mr. we were, we, we were pessimistic we? but happy to be proved wrong yeah. so Pete what's your thoughts for uh, Bath versus Bristol well I'm going to predict another win um, I, th- I think I think it's going to be relatively comfortable I'm going to say 26-10 2610. Okay. Uh, Miles. Well, I think Bath have got their peckers up a bit, so I think it'll be a bit closer. I think I might go for a 24 to 21 to Bristol. Uh, Lee? 21 12 to Bristol. Uh, I think it is going to be really tight. Uh, I am going to go for a 20 points to 21 Bristol victory. And I think the interesting thing is, remember the Joe Joyce interview, if Luatua doesn't start, and Joycey does, and he's captain, he gets a crack at his boyhood dream of uh, leading yeah, uh, Bristol to a, a victory yeah. against Bath at the wreck. So uh, in many ways, I almost hope that uh, maybe Luatu is on the bench to be able to come on and shore things up. But Joycey gets that uh, that dream come true. Yeah. Uh, that would be... It'd be a brave man to stop Joycey playing on, on the weekend. <laughs> Okay, we've got lots still to get through. Um, we're trying not to get to our epic one hour 41, um, but uh, lots to talk about still. First of all, under 18s, the all conquering, undefeated under 18s that uh, today have won uh, the national championship, beating Northampton 30 points to five in the final at six ways. Uh, I don't think it was 30 points to 5. 13. 13. 13. 13. Yeah, that's an absolute hammer. <laughs> I was going to say, I must have missed the couple of tries. I think maybe my pronunciation, 13 points to 5. Um, yeah, Lee, I think you watched that on, I on did, YouTube, didn't yeah. you? I did, I, yeah. Um, I watched the, the whole game. And to be did fair... Did you often watch under-18s on YouTube, just out of interest? Well, it's normally Miles Clark's thing, <laughs> I know. But I thought I'd step in just for a change, because he was having his uh, his supper a little bit late. So, yeah. uh, 
No, to be fair, it was a it was a brilliant game. And the first half, Saints, it was quite even, Stephen. Um, but the second half, Bristol dominated. And to be fair, the the referee, I mean, Saints were were constantly being penalised. And how they only had two yellow cards, I don't know. It, it was literally uh, error after error after error. But the boys actually did really well. And to be fair, a couple of chances they would have taken. They played in the Bears' way. You know, they had so much possession and then coughed up a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it was uh, ultimately, it was a pretty convincing win. And we're proud of them, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the fact, I think, um, Northampton took the lead, didn't they? Uh, on nine minutes, they scored. And then... Uh, 71 minutes without uh, scoring a point Um, and uh, that's fantastic and and really bodes well for you know the future in two or three years time I'll tell you one thing that you would have loved though team what's that talking about things that don't happen very often in rugby matches Henry Pollock one of the Northampton Saints players he, he ripped the ball Right, yeah, and his jersey had actually gone over the top of the ball. So <laughs> I was looking at, it and he's got he's got his uh, you know top underneath, but he's actually playing Saints playing shirt is wrapped around the ball, and I've never seen that before. So in, literally, in the phrase, a, in stuffing a ball under your jersey. Literally, literally <laughs> was <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Okay, so many congratulations to the under 18s uh, Pete, uh, the women's team, top of the table clash against top place Saracens. Uh, narrow defeat, but uh, managed to pick up two, uh, two bonus points. I think it was 26 30. Bit mm. better pronunciation there. 30. 13 30. Yeah. Well, I can't really say much more than that. I mean, it's close. You know, that shows that they're, they've developed really well, haven't they, from this season? And you know, I'm sure they'll they'll learn a lot from that. And uh, I think there was quite a wasn't there. I did start watching it a little bit on um, BBC Sport website, and I think there was quite a long injury delay, wasn't there? One of the Saracens girls yeah. got their arm done. It, they, they were hanging around for quite a long time, I think, at the beginning. So obviously not 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 nice. And hopefully she's all right. Um, but we yeah, I imagine where we finish at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, it's not it's it's not exactly. over who finishes top. But I, mean, I still think you know, clearly they they are having a good season. This whole you know, it can only get better for the for the for the ladies. Yeah, for the women. For the women Ab- absolutely. Uh, and I had a a, a nice uh, Monday um, when I was invited on Lawrence Delalio's new uh, podcast. Um, Is that where you changed your accent then, Tom? What's that? It's like that 30 to 13 accent. It's not changed because you were up with the big, big boys. Big London audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that, that that was amazing. If anybody hasn't uh, doesn't know about it, uh, Lawrence Delalio's doing a new podcast with The Evening Standard. So it's Lawrence. It's a, an ex-player. Uh, it's somebody from The Evening Standard, one of their sports journalists. And what's a really lovely feature is they are going to go around all the clubs and get a fan and hopefully someone that runs a fan's podcast to also take part in the broadcast. And uh, uh, I was lucky enough to to represent Bristol. And what was really cool was that, you know, you it's not just a five-minute section. You were involved through the whole of the podcast. And to be honest, we chatted... For about 50 minutes, I think, but it was edited down to, to 30. But uh, Topsy Ojo, Lawrence Delalio, uh, Will Stevenson from the um, Evening Standard, great guys. And, 
you know, we talked about on our hundredth episode all the things we've got involved with, and I just couldn't. I, I was pinching myself there, thinking I'm actually chatting away for the best part <laughs> yeah. of an hour with, uh, you know, one of uh, the legendary England World Cup winners. And, uh, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. So uh, not just because I'm on it, and in future weeks, actually, if you want a good 30-minute podcast, unlike this one, (laughs) um, that uh, is good comment, but also with a fan's voice, go and check that out. Um, Miles, let me come to you now um, about the um, news I think that broke on Friday about a proposed new cup competition. So the RFU are looking at, there's nothing firm yet, for um, a cup competition that would be between the Premiership and Championship teams. Now, there was a a bit of speculation uh, a week or so ago about the Premiership A teams dropping down into the Championship, which I think was roundly derided by most uh, rugby commentators Uh, but this is a different kettle of fish Uh, a cup competition between uh, Premiership probably you know the the A teams and uh, Championship teams well, it sounds like, you know, being not really a fan of the, that sport with a round ball, which you fellas uh, much love and chat about every other minute, um, this is sounding great. I mean, I think when we were sort of, you know, down in the championship many years ago, we, we were chatting about this, weren't we? The fact that, you know, there's a lot of spare players and the fact that we still were that good. And, we you know, we many years we made it to the playoff final uh, and, and lost sadly and the fact that we thought we'd be good enough but to play some sort of our squad against some sort of premiership squad would be like equivalent of an amazing sort of FA Cup draw um, and I think you're right I think the you know the information that the, we'd our extended squad would play in the championship was just a, <laughs> rubbish in a polite sort of way to be honest with you the fact that we obviously our, our squad is struggling to fulfil certain positions is not a good idea but this is this is sounding as if it's I don't know got some potential um, and to get some of the amazing championship clubs and better players being exposed to some premiership rugby probably can be only a good thing in the ultimate decision to promote the clubs in the championship and um I'm, I'm all for it. Why? Well, I, I, God, sorry, Lee. Well, and also, I was going to say, if, if any players do stand out yeah, in the championship, <laughs> yeah. then, then we can poach yeah. them, can't yeah. we? So, we can. Happy yeah. days. Like we did with Will Hurrell and, uh, yeah. and Fenton Wells, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I like it for three reasons. One, it would give, um, depending on the format, but hopefully it gives some championship clubs a, a bumper payday to, to be able to host yeah, exactly. a big premiership team yeah. at, you know, at home um, would be great. I think from the premiership point of view, it does get an opportunity for competitive games for some of the people that are coming through the academy and some of the people on the fringes. Uh, and also for fans, both championship and premiership fans, some new grounds to visit. More away yeah. days. Yeah, yeah diff- great. Diff- different away yeah. days. So Certainly I'm... different. Well, I mean, we're used to a lot of these grounds from our, <laughs> from our years in the championship. Oh, you can go back to Hartbury but, again. Yeah. But I mean, it, it will be certainly <laughs> different for didn't a lot we, of the... Didn't we vow yeah, we were never, ever going to go to Hartbury College? Oh, yeah, we but that's did. never happening yeah. again. That's never happening again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and sticking <laughs> on the championship, uh, Pete... Um, Big game on Saturday, uh, Ealing against Doncaster. Ealing was second, but I think with a couple of games in hand against Doncaster. 
at the trail finders ground and Donny went and did them um, and uh, even stopped them getting a, a losing bonus point so now Doncaster are top and after today's result for Cornish Pirates Cornish Pirates are second Ealing slipped down to third place mm. your thoughts on that? well interesting I mean it's it's uh, it's tight at the top <clears throat> I mean it'd be interesting to get the Donny boys into the Premiership, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, they've got the stadium, haven't they? So it's and they they're quite keen to, to make a make a go of it. Um, I mean, it's it's this part of me feels a little bit sorry for for Ealing. I mean, what? They, well, I mean, just because what we went through, you know, it's uh, they 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 pushed Saracens as hard as they could last year. They had a little glimmer of hope, and then they got absolutely hammered. Um, <coughs> you know, they've been the ones that have been. Of being positive about we want to go up and, and stuff like this, but you've got to win the games and uh, it's going to be tight. I think we'll now it'll be interesting. A lot of Premiership fans will be having a look at the uh, the end of that season now because obviously mm-hmm. we want to know it'll be interesting to know who's gonna who we're going to be playing. Yeah, and I think Ealing and, and got... a night out in Donny boys oh. is definitely better than a night out in Ealing. And I reckon. If, 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 it, if it could uh, coincide with the Ledger weekend well, exactly. as well, it, it would be great. But I think uh, Doncaster have only got two games left. Both Cornish Pirates and Ealing have got four games left. I think it's either the gap between Ealing in third and Doncaster is either five or seven points. Can't remember. We need to need to check on that. But. Uh, it's going to be a tight finish, and I think Cornish Pirates have still yet to play Ealing at their place. Yeah, which which makes it more interesting, doesn't it? I mean, uh, and the thing is, we know from from history, Don, Doncaster. We've had some brilliant oh, close games yeah, against them, haven't we? Mm-hmm. When Lee Blackwood was uh, was in charge. Do you, do you remember that, pl- that prop with the grey hair? That yeah, played? you reckon he's still playing? Cornish? <laughs> I reckon he is. Yeah. yeah, he was only twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> But I think I think the nice thing is, and you know, we I don't I don't know if the the RFU have given their judgment because it was only I think Elin and Doncaster that put forward their you know potential ground ideas. They did, so yeah. they're the only ones that could go up if they finish top. But on the basis that um, you know Doncaster, if they did win it and the ground is deemed fit, um, it's a great opportunity because no relegation next season. Yeah. It's going to give them two years in the Premiership get some money through the gates and I think for the good of the game to have a top flight team in Yorkshire again yeah. is going to be much better than having a what a fourth team on the west side of London yeah, yeah no, I mean you're right when you say it like that but so I apologise for uh, giving them some sort of Can't love never yeah. apologise for your views I just felt from an emotional point of view an Ealing fan you'd be gutted because you kind of had probably got in the mindset that you were you going to go up that you were the, the chosen one well like we up. did just like we <laughs> did yeah, for yeah, like yeah. many many years so I was only trying to empathise with them but you know you, you are kind of right alright I, I, I love doing this we'll go round we'll start Pete Miles Lee it was Ealing's big game against Doncaster, one uh, place above them, first versus second. How big was the crowd at Ealing <laughs> at the weekend? I'm just trying to think when we went there, it's the, it can't be that big because it haven't got a lot of seats. But this standing, yeah, um, I'd say I'd say probably two thousand. Five hundred and one, I'd say. I'd go. 1,264. I think, from memory, it was 900-odd. Um, mm. And that part of me is, you know, mm. does this has this team even got the fan base? They mm, might have yeah. the money, but is there really a fan base to, 
but then will the fan base build on success so you, you, well, you know you can kind of balance it out but I, I do nearly West London you. you're right but if you're you've, you know if you're on the cusp of the border really in Saracens yeah and anyway uh, that stadium needs a massive massive improvement doesn't it I mean it's a, a lot of scaffolding doesn't we it we say heartbreak was bad enough but actually Helium wasn't too too much different not really you know no. to, to our experience I mean now, I don't fancy it? really having a scrap with Lee on the Ealing comedy <laughs> game, to be honest with you it wasn't a scrap Miles it was, it was, was, a, was a wall game <laughs> you know but, but for that crucial game they couldn't even muster a thousand fans, and yeah. I, who knows how many were there? Doncaster fans yeah, that, that, that came down. I just think I'd, I'd like to see Donny, Donny yeah. given the shot. Uh, all right, just uh, before we finished, Six Nations, England versus Wales. After all our excitement of watching oh, yeah. Bristol on Friday, this was a pretty dull game, wasn't it, Lee? <laughs> so dull, I didn't even see it too. There, there, I come to you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was dull. We just didn't have that cutting edge, did we? And I, having said that, I thought I thought Randall played very well. Uh, he's very, you know, he got moving. I thought good Smith played half, all right. Good it? first yeah. half. We just didn't really, you know, we took a lot of penalty. We were quite pragmatic in the first half, so we can't have everything. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I think most of that team was the sort of team that most fans probably would have picked. To be fair. Um, there wasn't anything too maverick. I suppose maybe Elliot Daly. People thought Marchand might have gone in, but it's hard. I it was. I, I, I we beat Wales. Great. I mean, Wales. That's that was the, the result was good. I can't see us doing much against France and Ireland. I don't know where we're going. With but the identity. I don't know where we're no, going no, with that England team. Yeah, I mean, it, we're still seems a bit formulaic, but who knows? I mean, you, it's easy to say we've got Ireland at Twickenham. Things can change. I think. I think France in Paris is going to be a, a tough call, but, but I think a good one for the young players to experience something like that. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. And um, Miles Sinclair, an average game. I thought average. He got substituted for Stewart, didn't he? At sixty-eight minutes, um, the scrum wasn't fantastic for England. I mean, I think the time-wasting was ridiculous, wasn't it, on resetting the scrum. It was a pretty dull game. Sinclair popped up, got penalised a few times, and I think because he was OK, I think that's why he got substituted early, but just to real... I think he might have got injured. I just think... I don't know. I just think it was... I wouldn't be surprised... So if he is injured, let's just hope it's not too serious so he's, he's, he's fit again yeah, yeah. at the end of the Six Nations for us. Boy, so. boy, oh boy, we need a tight head and oh, a scrum half, don't yeah. we? I yeah. love that, boy, oh boy. Yeah. boy Get oh that boy. one, squeeze that Welsh. Boy, to reiterate <laughs> what Pete said, I thought Randall had a very good game. <laughs> As I tweeted, Young's clearly only got brought on to get his 115th cap because he brought absolutely diddly squat to that game. And I thought Randall was quick, making little breaks. Although he wasn't quite allowed to make his quick breaks because of the ref. Um, I didn't think Young's was... I thought... I'm going to to come to Pete here because... I thought Young's did all right, I, actually. I've got to say, I thought Managing he did all right when he came on. I mean, you could argue, make an argument that we had stalled a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's hard to say bringing Young's on will speed things up, and it was quite obvious how much quicker Randall is. But yeah, the lead to protect as well, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, Young's 
kind of, I mean, he box kicked quite well. I, that was I, it. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've started, I mean, I think the problem with Youngs is that I, he clearly is a really nice bloke and, you, you, you know, he does re- need respect for that longevity. But it's just the fact that I think Topsy Ojo said it when you were with Lawrence yeah. on the thing, is that you cannot have someone with 115 caps and then you've got someone with six caps. Hmm. And it, that, that, to allow that differential to happen yeah. is the problem. Yeah. It's nothing against Ben Youngs. He is a good scrum half. He, he's, he's, yeah, he's done some, but, and he's, a, he's, he's mature, but, but actually, he, 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 I thought he did all right when he came on. So I think it's only fair to, to say that at other times when I think you know, he hasn't been as good. So Is that the I first think clearly, time he's ever got Young? Certainly in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah. But I can't say... I mean, I think it is Randall or Quirk and, and possibly Alex Mitchell. I've said this before, I think it's quite unlucky not to be in that squad. Those mm. are clearly the future. Now, if we haven't really got much to play for in this Six Nations, mm. I'd like to see Randall or Quirk starting against Ireland, starting in Paris, yeah. because they've got to get used to this, because yeah. we need them. He, they will way well be in the World Cup next Agreed. year. Well, I think that was the interesting thing. I think we were all a bit surprised that uh, Youngs didn't start. Yeah. Yeah. We thought Eddie would just go back to the, the reassured. Yeah. So actually to give Randall a start, let's hope that he does get another couple of starts uh, because you're absolutely right. I think Topsy Ojo made that brilliant point that that's just too little experience for your yeah. backup scrum halves, mm. especially going into a World Cup year. Uh, so uh, anyway uh, break from the Six Nations as you say we're back in a couple of weeks time uh, against Ireland Uh, well that's nearly it for this show the only thing I wanted to add and just a really lovely moment for us all when uh, one of our listeners came up to us in uh, we were in the bar underneath the Lansdowne listening to well, it got better, didn't it? Because <laughs> we think couldn't get any worse. Of elbow, wouldn't it? Surely. <laughs> it was a look-alike, wasn't it? We were expecting a band and saw a bloke with a laptop and a microphone um, who, who did his own karaoke. And let's let's be fair. To start with, he was dying a bit of a death, wasn't he, Lee? I don't think Miles would say he was even solid in his performance. <laughs> to be fair, and that's that was about as. Wasn't as good as I can give uh, it. Having said that, he pulled out a few of the Oasis tunes, didn't he? Did. he? And yeah. he, he turned it round. But that's what you do when you're struggling. You have to pull out the thing <laughs> tunes when you're struggling. <laughs> you look at the audience and then think, well, right. He went, he went back to basics, didn't he? He, he, he went back, he he back, did. Did. Three, four, he back to basics, <laughs> solid platform, don't look back so in anger. Straight in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. But uh, while that was all happening, um, Steve Ward came round to see us, one of our listeners. He just came round, are you the Bears beyond the gate, boys? And it was nice, wasn't it? It was very nice. And it was was very nice. And he was, you know, very enthusiastic and uh, really appreciate it. And he he said he listens to it when he's running. Um, you know, I reckon we've got a lot of people into running in the last couple of weeks, Tony, with that one hour 41. You know, we've of people out entering the half marathon. Because um, of most of them are running away from Miles' comments. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was good. And, and in all seriousness, that's what we do it for, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we, we actually, you know, when we talked about all this, it's literally four guys having a beer, talking about rugby, and it's nice to be appreciated. And, and it was lovely. So we really appreciate that, Steve. And, uh, We'll probably see you, uh, uh, you know, in the future on the on the concourse again. Uh, Hopefully, uh, with a better band. <laughs> Absolutely, and and one one final fan that I think deserves a special mention, although we don't know his name, 
is the guy that walked up the oh. E31, <laughs> is the E31 Central yeah. um, uh, uh, steps, looking at his phone, knowing that he'd made a schoolboy error. The second time, was But for the first time, he, he covered it quite well, didn't he? Yeah. He, he kind of... But you, you, you called it, didn't you? You knew as he was coming up those steps <laughs> that he got the wrong set I of I said, steps. boys, it's a Friday night fan. I mean, it wasn't just that. It was just, he was in Timberlands. He had a kind of sort yeah. of hipstery coat on, holding two pints. And as he slowed up, I just said to Lee, <laughs> Friday night fan, phone out. He realised he was the wrong side of the block. <laughs> Disappeared off. But what was brilliant, and we all laughed a bit, and he kind of, anyway, what was brilliant, as Lee's just alluded to, second half, he did it again. I know. And as he looked up, he saw as he came and up and he knew straight away and he was like he just oh boys abs up and he just turned around and walked back down again. that wasn't quite as bad as the uh, the other guy that I don't think you guys oh, saw yeah. quite early on I mean oldish guy he was holding two pots and his legs went and he fell head first on the steps I mean it, it, he was so off his feet that it, I think even um, Carly turned around and blew the whistle it was like his hands, his hands went way on his points and the poor black. I mean, I was telling my missus about this, and she said, "Well, did you not get up and help him?" I was like, "I, I was too, too busy too laughing." Far away and I was too busy <laughs> laughing. But what was funny about it all was that he got up, and rather than just sort of go on oh, like that and go and get another pint, he took his pint glass with him that had literally half an inch of beer left in it, and took that and sat down. So I'm sorry to the old. I mean, he was a fairly elderly chap, and I'm, he took it really well. I feel a bit guilty laughing, but it was one of the funniest things I've seen. It was hilarious, absolutely <laughs> hilarious, and it was the fact. He walked through the sea like Pete said, and he was just nodding his head like he couldn't believe he'd done it. So he had like literally an inch of a two pint left. Got off his feet at that moment. Uh, and and the only other uh, only other person to give a special mention to, I think, was Downsy for his rare appearance in the uh, in yeah. the Dolman. He did take a quite a while to get up those steps. Though, he was breathing, breathing like Jake Armstrong. Wasn't he? <laughs> Uh, only to come down doing a selfie video of himself, yeah. which, uh, there we are. But uh, anyway, Downsy, good to see you uh, over in the Dolman. Well, that is it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our review of the Bath game and a preview of Harlequin's visit to Ashton Gate. Till next time, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz.